Rudy the Brute was a booty bandit in, in Corcoran. Yeah, he was a big black guy, and that uh, what staff used to do is when they wanted to punish someone, is that they would take that person, they put him in the cell with Rudy the Brute, and he would sodomize them. And um, that's how they controlled the population, by using individuals like Rudy the Brute um, to sodomize individuals that they wanted to bring under control. And they did that um, quite frequently, unfortunately. There is nothing worse, in my opinion, than being on the tier and listening to a man being raped by another man. I was in 4A, and I'll never forget, sometimes when I hear the construction on the street, and mm -hmm. I hear, shh, 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 mm -hmm. it just makes me go back to knowing at night when they're sharpening knives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that's an eerie sound to hear when you're mm -hmm. trying to sleep at night, because you don't mm -hmm. know if it's coming for you. Computer, recording in progress. All right. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be epic. Fucking Mike. That's it. Fucking Mike. All right, I'm gonna close this door. But most of love. Likewise, brother. Right, fellas, I'm just... Oh, Joey! I'm just going to get straight into it so we can capture this moment. So, viewers <laughs> watching this then, if you thought the John Abbott meets Michael Thompson podcast was interesting, welcome to Michael Thompson and Joey Boxer Torres. They haven't spoken since 1995, and they were neighbors with Charles Manson, Saran Saran, the rest of the characters. They were at that prison where the guards were doing the fights to the death and murdering the inmates and the stories. I mean, Joey just, what I was going to do a Zoom with him, and he said, F that, I'm just jumping on a flight to London, and he's, he's here in, in, in my house right now. <laughs> this is just, my my mind is blown. I'm spending too Two days of joy, my mind is just blown. But huge, huge <laughs> thank you for coming on, both of you. I'll just open it up to you guys to say hello because it's been so long. My brother. Yeah, yeah man. You look great. Man. You look, man, I can't even put in words, brother. It's just mm -hmm. like, yeah. you know, and, and what's so bizarre, Michael, is that the only reason why I'm here is because mm. of you. Mm. What happened was when I saw the piece on you, Mm -hmm. I said, who's Sean Atwood? And I emailed him and said, that's my friend. And mm -hmm. if he's free, send him my phone number. I want to tell him I love him and thank him because I'm free because of him. And well, I love you too, brother. I man. Mean, it's great brother. to see you. <laughs> man. 
Just to just to let the viewers know then that Joey did serve forty years. He was originally sentenced to five on a murder beef as a as a young person, but then mm. he was resentenced to twenty five to life, and he taught himself in the prison and went in up with Michael and Saran Saran. Michael schooled him and mentored him in the legal system and uh, encouraged him to do writs and appeals and on and off. You know, I'll, I'll let you expand on that perhaps a bit, Michael. Well, it did. Look, it's a two way street. Whenever you live in an environment like Joy and I lived in, um, you know, you have the opportunity to be friends. And um, when you get beyond the friendship, then you become brothers. And Joy and I are brothers. It, um, you know, I know it's been many, many years since um, we've talked to each other or seen each other. But, um, you know, when you love someone, that doesn't go away. And uh, so the blessing is, is what you've actually facilitated this morning for us, Sean. And um, um, it's a little overwhelming. You know, one to my see... Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you took, listen to me, listen to me. The year was 1995. Yeah. I wasn't going to the parole board till 2035. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember the circumstances. And you told me, don't be a boxer, be smart. Don't fight right. them. Fight them at their own game. Yeah. And from that little printer that you had in your cell. Uh-huh. Remember that? Yes, I do. It was a little cannon. You... Come on, how many do- times were I at your door with my writs and my paperwork and you corrected my spelling and you told me, go on this venue, don't mm-hmm. do this, do this. I mean, how many times, brother? But the you thing know? is, is that you had the wherewithal. You know, it's, it's not a matter of teaching, um, you know, feeding someone fish, you know, that old saying, but teaching them how to fish. And the thing is that you have the aptitude for it, you know, and you're the one that brought yourself up out of um, prison. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm... I'm Look, I'm grateful that you acknowledge me in that way. You know, again, I love you too. I do always have. But the issue here is that you had the perseverance and the fortitude to bring yourself up out of that. And but you, without, but you instilled with, it in me. You instilled well, it in me. You, you let you. me. You, you told me to take myself out of the prison setting mm-hmm. and 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 go to it legally. Mm-hmm. And you did that because I had no direction at that time. I was in the depths of hell with Officer Tomei riding me and locking me mm-hmm. up and hitting my house. Mm-hmm. Remember when yeah, come on, I do. you, yeah, you were I in do. that bottom cell and you saw what he did to me. Mm-hmm. But you told me. So, you know, I could hear all you want to say about me. I know who I am. I'm a champ. Mm-hmm. But you are you are also. And when you take yeah, a young kid, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I was a young kid. When you take a young man and mm-hmm. you say, you could be better mm-hmm. and you show them how to be better. You mm-hmm. showed me how to fish. Yeah. And you did just that. And that's why I'm acknowledging that, you know, it, it, um, you know, the trials and tribulations, we can talk for days about what it was like to be behind the iron gates. But the fact of the matter is, is that unless you're there, you really can't get the sense of sense of it. You know, the, again, going back to those trials and tribulations, you know, the, the moment you mentioned that officer's name, I had a perfect picture of him in my head. And um, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, you know, that was just one of many episodes that uh, we both had to deal with. You know, people think that um, when you're in a unit like that, that 
everything is gravy, everything is easy. It's not. Our lives were actually much more difficult as a result of the activities that we were involved in. And simply stated, that was nothing more than attempting to help others understand Thank where we had come from and um, you know the value of that as it relates to educating others. What gets in the way of that is an enormous machine. Um, and it, there's politics associated with that, but you know that's the Department of Corrections in and of itself. You know, it's a business. Yes. And, yes. Um, you know, that's oftentimes what we're dealing with. Just just imagine, brother, what you've come through, you know, by way of of, you know, initially being incarcerated as a youngster. You see them representing that you were going to come through five years and then you'd be good. They reneged on that. They took you back to court. They sent you up for 25 to life. And there you are. You're left with it because they have you already. You see, they have you. And so now you have nothing left to you but to contend with it as best you can. Now, as you well know, many people um, just let it go. They just let it go. They won't fight. They Thank just you. Basically, yep. they, they succumb. But you never yep. did that. You, see, you always fought. And you continue to fight. I mean, it isn't, it isn't to say that the trials and tribulations haven't continued for both of us. They have. You see, but that comes with the territory. When you take a position, when you take a stand for something, as opposed to opposing something. We never opposed anything, but we took a stand for yeah. yes, our sir. liberty, our liberty. Freedom is a state of mind. We both know that. But it was our liberty that we were seeking, primarily because we had been unjustly convicted. See, and that's the issue. And, and that's really the hurdle, too, is attempting to surmount that hurdle. Because once they have you, it, the, the hurdles are astronomical. Astronaut. Look at look at us, brother. Look at us. <laughs> I'm I'm leaving on Saturday to the south of France, and I'm gonna uh, be, and I'm gonna be in Catania in Sicily uh, until till Christmas, tanning on the beach. How many how many like mother that. how many motherfuckers can say that? You know what I mean? After after <laughs> doing me. forty, and if yeah. it wasn't, and brother, you know, it's hard for people to even comprehend. Mm-hmm. You know, reciprocated by the fact that we were in the dungeon. But we stood above it, brother. And that's why I got to give you your kudos, kudos, because, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with it. I'm not fucking you. You're not putting no money in my pocket. I haven't seen you in decades. (laughs) Right. But you know what? I'm a realist. I think Emmett Smith. I think Daryl Strawberry. I think so Mm -hmm. many celebrities that were able to help Mm -hmm. me to buy my typewriter for you to tell Mm -hmm. me to give me the template to say, no, Joey, appeal this. Don't appeal that. This is what they're Mm going to look at. You Mm -hmm. gave me those little idiosyncrasies that was able for me to continue the fight. Mm -hmm. And what's what I find so bizarre even today Mm -hmm. is that I wasn't contacting this man, Sean. But for only reason, because I saw the piece they did on you and I go, oh, my God, that's Michael. He's Mm -hmm. free. I was like, Sean, tell him if he needs any money, if he needs a place to stay, if there's anything Mm -hmm. I could do for him. Thank you. Because you meant that much to me, Mm -hmm. you know, and we went through hell, brother. That unit that we weren't other prisoners. We were on celebrity row. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. Watch this. Who was right above you? Sirhan. Who was to the right of you? Charlie Manson. And who was in the other cell? Juan Corona. And me. And you, to the other side of that, yes. So what I'm saying is, we got hammered. Anytime they wanted to come get us, they, mm-hmm. they came and got us. Yeah. And I was, I was telling Sean, 
that's that was my meaning. My meaning, Michael, my brother. I can't even tell you what it feels like. You, you don't even look different than you looked in '95, brother. You look <laughs> the same. You look the wow. same, bro. <laughs> you look the same, my brother. God's been good to you. Mm. But um, we're here, yes, bro. Indeed. Yeah, we're we here. You know, it's like with me, with my boxers against drugs and trying to, mm. if, if I could leave any legacy, it would be to stand in front of a group of children and say, you think, you know, let me tell mm. you what you don't know. Let me ask you, and, where's that at right now? Because you've had that for years. I still have it, brother. And uh, oh. if, if you get a chance, go to the Joey Tory story on YouTube. Okay. And you can see it. It's a conglomeration of different TV shows I've done. And I'd really like you to see that. Yeah. And, well, you know, yes. My it's, problem, it's, brother, right now is I don't have access to the internet. My studio engineer right now is my wife, Ariel. And um, the court doesn't allow me to have access to the internet. You know, it's that same old, same old. Um, they're, they're trying to put me down and they're trying to put me back in. And you understand that, I know. So I, I don't need to elaborate on that. Um, they don't like the fact that I was released. Um, you know, Listen, as far as they I'm, were concerned. I'm the same way, Michael. I don't yeah, mean to interrupt, but, but after I left you, my brother, mm-hmm. after I left you, um, I, they sent me to Soledad and uh, I don't, you don't know about this because I haven't spoke to you and right, I don't know. Right. I don't know how long ago 95 is. I'm not good at counting, Yeah. but 95 seems a long time away. Mm-hmm. But when I left to Soledad, after I saw you, I took what you told me and your mentor to me and I hit the law library Mm. And I found a writ from 1943 wow. called a writ of error quorum nobis, mm-hmm. which says at any time, if there's an error that isn't applicable to the court or the plaintiff, you could file mm-hmm. to your sentencing court for modification. Mm-hmm. And in 2002, mm-hmm. I challenged the parole board. The court mm-hmm. ordered the parole board to show cause why it shouldn't be released. Mm-hmm. And, I was blessed and I was released, mm-hmm. but it took, it took me fighting the court. Yes. It took, it took me fighting the court to have Arnold Schwarzenegger to say, why isn't this man released? Mm-hmm. But I used the template that you gave me. You know, you, you told me don't attack them. Don't, but tell the, ask them why. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I was freed, but I don't think you know that. Even after you say they're trying to send you back. Mm-hmm. But even after that, brother, in 2004, the United States Supreme Court overruled it and mm. ordered me back to prison with a new life sentence. Mm. I did another 10 years. That had to be devastating. My goodness. It, 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 it was, brother, because I was living in Costa Rica. I thought it was over. Mm-hmm. And, it, and in 2004, the United States Supreme Court said you cannot have two bites of the apple. You mm. pled guilty to murder one and they resentenced me. Here I am at Mule Creek, mm. 2004. But guess what? Guess the insult to injury, Michael. Mm. They resentenced me to 25 to life as a new commitment with a V number. Uh, so under the new uh, determinate uh, sentencing structure, as opposed to the old one that when you initially came to prison, applied. Exactly. And your your attempt was to get more time out of you. And that's what they did. They got another 10. And in 2000, Uh, in 2015, after using, like I say, brother, you know, 
I, I can't even articulate it. It's just like I didn't know how to speak or how to mm-hmm. formulate to do an appeal. But mm-hmm. when we fought all those appeals at Corcoran mm-hmm. in the midst of hell, remember that mm-hmm. people were mm-hmm. dying. People yes. were dying. Yes. That's why in they the call it gladiator school. And, and in the midst of hell, mm-hmm. now it's 2004. I was free for two years. They rescinded my bail. I mm-hmm. was on bond, $100,000 cash pending appeal. Mm-hmm. They vacated my sentence. Mm-hmm. And when the Supreme Court said no, they resentenced me to 25 to life. And I fought from 2004 to 2015. Mm. And in 2015, the Ninth Circuit said, enough is enough. Release, yeah. this, release this man. Yeah. They it's one put of the me- things I do I like was- about the Ninth Circuit. You know, they receive a lot of criticism in so far as being so-called liberal. But the fact of the matter is, is that they're, they're one of the few circuit courts that adhere to constitutional law. Exactly. And, you know, that's the blessing of going to the Ninth Circuit. And the blessing also in that is, is that you had access to the Ninth Circuit, as opposed to, say, the sixth or the fir- first, you know, up in Washington, D.C. I don't know that you would have received uh, the love that you did had you been before any other circuit. No, it, it, it was a it was a Judge Camby from Phoenix and the Phoenix that said, Enough is enough. This man, yeah. you know, he sentenced, he was, he plea bargained for five years and now it's 40 years later and you want to give right. him an, brother, I wasn't supposed to go to the parole board till 2043. Wow. I was, yeah. remind yourself, I already did a life mm-hmm. sentence. Right. I was with you doing the life. Mm-hmm. Now I get out mm-hmm. for two years when they resentence me back. It's a mm-hmm. new 25 with a Victor mm-hmm. number. The hell with wow. my B, with the hell with my B number. Right. I was I was proud of my B number. <laughs> no, brother, come on. When you no, have a B no, number. No, I, I understand. I understand. Believe me. So you here know, I am with B, Yeah. Here I am with a V number. And I'm trying to tell the prison, my, my I'm trying to tell my captors I'm not a new commitment. I was out on bail. Mm-hmm. They're saying no. And the reason, henceforth, the reason why I tell you this mm. is because you motherfucker. You, <laughs> motherfucker, I mean that with love, you gave me the template in the depths of hell to say, Joey, stop, slow down, take a breath. This isn't a boxing match. Mm. Fight them at their own game. Use yeah. what's wrong. Use the errors that they made. And I told Sean, and I'll tell you and I'll tell the world, I'm free because you schooled me to show me the way to be free. And I'm here in London, and I wish you were here with me, and I hope you are soon. That would be nice. You know, the the analogy I want to make to you right now is you want to remember, um, as someone who has been in the ring, you know, that you, you know, you have a corner man, and you have a cut man, and you have all that. You have people that support what you're doing in the ring. But when you step into that ring, you're fighting your fight. You see, in the moment you stop fighting your fight and you fight your opponent's fight, you're setting yourself up to lose. You're done. I I hear you, brother. I hear you. The analogy applies here. What you did was that you utilized your resources. You had a corner man. You had a cut man. But you stepped into the ring and you fought your fight as opposed to their fight. And that's the difference. We're free, brother. We're free. And and you're going to stay free because God knows that you're right. And Mm. you know what? What you're doing today and what we're trying to attempt to do, brother, 
you know, you, as I tell people, I, I spoke, they hired me when I got out and the mm-hmm. Department of Corrections was having me speak to new releases. Oh, yeah. They were paying me with uh, Home Depot gift cards. Yeah. And and I, I told the inmates, I said, you guys are free. It's your first day free. But trust, everyone in this room, all the parole agents, I said, they all want you back because yeah. you're the, you're their job security. Yes. And yeah. And don't believe, believe in yourself. Yes. Don't believe in the drugs. Don't believe, mm-hmm. break, the, break the cycle. You mm-hmm. have to break the cycle because everybody's not made a killer. That's right. It, it, it's the survival mode that you, it, life puts you in. Mm-hmm. Brother, if we, weren't where we, if we weren't, Michael, who we are, mm-hmm. we would have been a statistic. Well, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, I don't know what happened to all our, comad- our compadres, but I know one thing. They weren't doing what you and me were doing in that prison. Mm-hmm. Law library, research. Mm-hmm. So I am so happy to see you, my brother. Excuse mm. me for crying. Oh, but- no. I, you know, I appreciate it, actually. You know, it touches man. me. Bro, because I'm just telling you, man, you're a man among men and, and, and you have my utmost respect. Thank and you. I'm so happy to see you. And if there's anything I could do for you or your family, if you if I could send a letter from Bad from our foundation with Emmett Smith and Daryl Strawberry and mm-hmm. get you a letter. If there's anything I could do. Man, Emmett's you know, been with you for years. I remember back in 95. Yes, Emmett yeah. was a strong supporter. He used to come and see you at the prison. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, but it, I remember it, it, the photographs. I went down to Pensacola to play golf with them in a tournament. And yeah. I was, I was thinking about how far I had come mm. and, and you come to what my wife knows you and has never met you. Mm. You know, I would tell her stories, you know, uh, I, brother, think about it. Think about mm. it. All we went through mm-hmm. and we stopped and we mm-hmm. beat them at their own game. Thing is, is what we do with that now. You see, we've been given an opportunity here. And so when you talk about continuing to work with at-risk youth like you do, see, that's enormous. And that's really the value of where we're at today. You know, we've given purpose to our life in service to others. And that's really important to remember, you know, as we move through the rest of our life. It, um, you know, I'm in my 70s now, but I got a good 30 years, got a good 30 years ahead of me. I know that. And uh, I plan to put that to good use. And I know you do too. I just want to, I just want to make it different, Michael. Michael, my thing is right now, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I didn't want, I, I'm going to, I'll let you know. Uh, I'm, I'm fighting, I'm stage three cirrhosis and mm-hmm. uh, it's kicking my ass, but mm-hmm. I'm fighting it. Like I fought everything else. Well, why don't but, you let me help you fight that? But I'm, I'm going to do it. But if, if I want to do anything in my life right now at my age, I'm 62 now and I mm-hmm. spent 40, I, I spent 40 years, but I always remember, and you have to remember too. I remember those young kids coming in 18, 19 that have mm-hmm. life without, but mm-hmm. they didn't even realize they had life without right. Be- because they were so caught up in the M.A. and the brand and the suit mm-hmm. and the gangster mm-hmm. and that machoism. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they didn't realize it. But once their parents die, once there's no more packages or visits, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then they're like, what did this all mean? Mm-hmm. So my goal in life, if I could leave a legacy, isn't mm-hmm. to be boxer, isn't to be the former ABF welterweight champion of the world, the convicted murderer. Not that. 
Mm-hmm. When you go to the YouTube, the Joey Torrey story, Michael, mm-hmm. you will see on George Michael's Sports Machine and on um, on numerous TV shows, children, mm-hmm. children that were interviewed mm-hmm. that had spent time with me. And they said, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Joey, I'd be dead. That's, that's what we have to do. Yeah. See, that's what touches me. See, and that's your calling. And that's what I'm reminding us both of right now is that we have a calling. You stage three cirrhosis. I can help you with that. You see, and will, but you don't let that get in the way. You take whatever precautions that you need to take to ensure that that doesn't advance. And you can do that because you have the strength to do that. But it's what you do with the children at these at, at risk youth that makes the difference. Because that's the key. In that, that's the well, in, you know, in that is love. You see, and there's nothing more healing than love. Nothing. You see, and it's that you love these children. You know, when you make reference to the fact of these 18 and 19-year-olds coming to the joint with life without the possibility of parole as a result of their association with gangs, you see, all they were looking for to begin with was love. Love. You see, and that's why that's why I told Sean. I told Sean. Oh, yeah. I said, yeah. I told Sean, I didn't want to sound facetious. I didn't want to sound disrespectful to anyone mm-hmm. that has a story. Mm-hmm. But I have come to the conclusion that my journey, at the end of my journey, that I became the founder of the 18th street gang only because I wanted to be accepted. Like I did in the ring when I fought mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I would do anything it cost. I would kill. I would do what any, I was told to do because I wanted love. And mm-hmm. I think that, I think that we lost a generation and mm-hmm. it's people like you and me that have to get back in the fight. And now we mm-hmm. have to fight for the little ones because at the end of the day, when they cross the hands on our chest and they drop the lid, I want to be remembered as somebody that made a difference. Mm-hmm. And again, I, you know, brother, again, and I don't want to sound like a little weak ass bitch, you but, don't. but when I was with you in all that madness, mm. in all that madness, we stopped, we looked at each other, we loved each other, we guided mm-hmm. each other and we fought on while all the others stood in their cell, accepting what they got. See, the other you side know, of that, yeah, the other side of that, brother, is that there's always going to be that faction that doesn't want to see us succeed. You know, they just simply don't. You know, you've given our background, you know, um, convicted murderers, this and that. And first and foremost, they just like the idea of celebrity to begin with. You see, so what they want to do is they want to shut that down. They don't want that to stand as an example, unfortunately. You see, but I, I, the- I, I always say the best way, the best way for mm-hmm. success, the best way for revenge. In my case, I think mm. the best way for my revenge is success. Success the is to, the key to success is seeing yourself there. You see, and you're able to do that. We both are, and not let the haters, if you will, get in the way of that. You see, because there's 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 a, a group, a body, of individuals, people who are suffering see, as we have suffered. And so we bring something to that that will resonate with them. They need to understand that they are not expendable. They never were expendable. And that they can be loved without um, repercussions. Without taking the journey that we took. That's right. That's right. You know, I... I'd love Man, to see you get involved. I don't give, know. <laughs> give me a hug. Give me a hug, bro. Give me a hug. I hear God, you. I, hey, brother, I brother. Hear you. Hey, hey. I got to say it again. I can't even put in words, brother. I'm enjoying Europe. I'm enjoying 
just mm. being free. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, traveling the world. You know, I, I did Costa Rica. I did Cuba. Mm-hmm. I drove across the U.S. I've been since I've been out. All I've been doing is traveling and spreading the mm-hmm. word. All right. And I'm so happy to run into Mr. Atwood, Shashan, not because of what he's doing, mm-hmm. but, I, but it, it's so prolific that I contacted this man mm-hmm. just for him to send you my phone number to say, I'm proud of you. I love you. And I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons I, I did the interviews that I've done with Sean is because I believe in what he's doing. See, he works with at, at risk youth. See, he goes into schools. You know, he does some fantastic work, some great work. And these are the kind of individuals that I want to align myself with because they stand for something, you see. And it's, it's, it's incredibly important. I know people want to hear, you know, the war stories and everything else. And I don't have a problem sharing that, particularly if it gives them insight um, into not only my humanity, but um, the ramifications of having been behind the Iron Gates. And coming out the other side of that, still intact, still whole, still a human being, and striving to be the best human beings we can possibly be. And that's what it's about. And men like Sean do just that. That's why I'm here, brother. Brother, I'm here. He wanted to listen to this. He wanted to. He goes, well, well, mate or chap, whatever the hell he said. (laughs) He said, "Um, I'm going to do you on Zoom. I said, I said, what did I say? Tell him what I said. My, what did I tell you? My story ain't going to be done on no fucking Zoom. I'm flying my ass over to London. <laughs> and then the like, next day he was here. I said, let's do it. Let's do it right. Let's do it right. You know, I always say the best for me, for the haters is success. Mm-hmm. I have right. haters. I have haters. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I have people that are like, you know, you should, you should have died in prison. Well, you don't know the story. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. know the story until it's your family member. Mm-hmm. You know, I just saw uh, on Tuesday in the LA Times, I just saw where they said that uh, someone in the state of California either knows somebody or a family member that's in prison. Mm-hmm. That's the cycle they have to break. That's right. You know, that that's the cycle. And I think for me personally, being my age, I remember mm-hmm. in the 70s and 80s, we lost a generation of children based on single mm-hmm. parents. Right. You know, we lost a generation of kids to single parents that were women that were raising kids that had mm-hmm. no father figure. Mm-hmm. And as you count 20 years later, they're mm-hmm. next to us in the prison cell. That's right. And they're doing life. But they're homie from this neighborhood. They're homie from that neighborhood. And that's the only thing that they have loving them or they think they do. Mm-hmm. Until you love yourself, you can't love nobody else. I agree. You know, one of the things that used to hurt me the most is when I was behind the Aaron Gates and some youngster would come up and introduce himself to me. And he'd say, well, you know, um, my father knew you or my uncle knew you. And I would think, oh, man, you see that pattern repeating itself. Exactly. We have to break that. We have to break that. And when I go to the liquor store, I have people saying, hey, where are you from? And I'm like, wow, I've been hearing this for 60. I've been hearing this for 50 years. Where are you from? Mm -hmm. Where are you from? And now. I say, I'm boxer from 18th Street. I was. And they go, mm-hmm. but he's in prison doing life. I go, no, I'm free. Mm-hmm. And you could be. It ain't mm-hmm. about the neighborhood, brother. That's right. And it, it isn't, brother. It isn't. Mm-hmm. It ain't about the MA. It ain't about the AB. It's about no. you. That's right. It's about you. You know, that, 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 that format was set up by the Department of Corrections in the 50s. 
mm-hmm. they still go by it. Yeah. They just they want us to kill each other so they could just get that overtime and they could keep the fight going. Because what happens if everybody found the way? There would be no prisons mm-hmm. and they have no mm-hmm. job. Yeah. Am it's I right? Job security. Oh, yeah, it's called job security. I mean, you know, uh, my wife, Ariel, works in the system still to this day, um, deals with um, individuals who are charged with uh, the death penalty. So she interviews their families and she interviews the individual and she goes into court as an expert witness. And over and over and over again, we see this as we move through these cases. She has has eight cases right now. And we see that that pattern that you're talking about, you know, asserting itself on these youngsters. And so when you start talking to the family, again, you see the pattern. You know, and that's really what we're talking about here are patterns. And so that when we talk about breaking the pattern, that's what we're talking about. We do that through education. You see, we do that through example. You know, we do that by going into the um, schools and talking to the kids, by going into the, the uh, inner city communities. Talking Brother, to when the you, kids. Sh- Michael, when, when you see my video, I wish you oh, would have God. seen it before. But it, when you see my video, Nancy mm-hmm. Reagan, Nancy Reagan, the year was 19. But the year, let me, let me give you this. It's, the year is 1986. Mm. I'm sent out of state to Gene, Nevada for saving the officer's life. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And I saw her on TV say, say no to drugs. And when I was interviewed, I said, like she knows, like she's done it. (laughs) What child is going to listen to her? Right. Put me in front of some kids. Let Mm -hmm. me tell them how they wash my clothes, how they run Mm -hmm. my errands. Mm -hmm. Let them know the real. Because Mm -hmm. nobody's going to listen to their parents or their teacher. They're going to listen to a Joey and a Michael and a Sean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the key. And if mm-hmm. we could get more people to believe in what we're doing, how come there's no crusaders like us? How come mm-hmm. we're not on the front lines? Mm-hmm. I, I, I always point, Well, brother, I think at this point, that's the whole purpose of what we're doing is to educate people, to give them some insight into the kind of life that we have led and what we're attempting to do now and why. And so that's really an educative process. And that's what this is about, really. Those I think viewers, Michael... I think mm. Sean's over here. Sean's sitting over here, going, "Hey, uh, you know, th- this is a uh, this is my show." Can I talk? <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got a question for Michael, actually. Yeah, Sean. Could you tell us about Shitty Schmitty? Yeah, that's. I, um... I told him, bro. I told him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, you know what? You know what yeah. I told him? No, Michael. You know what I told him? Yeah. Mm. I'll never forget the the all day poker games, mm. and it was me, Shitty Smitty. Shorty mm-hmm. Shrek and Ghost mm-hmm. playing poker. And I'll never forget it. You know, they say you remember things when you die. Yeah. I think what I'll remember is when we were playing poker and I was drinking my coffee and I looked down in the coffee and he had put his eyeball in the coffee pot, <laughs> in the coffee cup. Because yeah. you remember he had a glass eye. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that, man. No, that was, yeah. hey, well, he, he was, was a prankster. A, he was a prankster. Man. man. Clifford, Clifford passed over. Uh, three, four years ago, uh, he died of, um, I think, liver cancer. It's the same thing, cirrhosis. Yeah. Right, yeah, cirrhosis. And um, Shorty died of a, a heart attack. And um, he was... But tell him, tell, him, tell him about Shitty Smitty, the legacy. Well, but tell him, no, listen, I told him a story. Shorty okay. was five foot tall, right. 100, 100 pounds soaking wet. Mm-hmm. Sean, he... I pulled out four aces out of my hand at the poker game. And this little son of a bitch wanted to fight me. 
He, I had never met a man with a temper like him. Oh yeah. But I, I think, I think for the people, as I told Sean, we could talk about rainbows and unicorns, but mm-hmm. shitty Smitty and Shorty put in a lot of work. Well, they did. They both did. Shorty, you know, he was so small, but he had so much courage. You know, when we were old, when we were in Old Folsom together, all three of us were there in Old Folsom, and we were in uh, gang fights. And uh, I was so concerned about Shorty that um, when we would go out to do battle, I would send him up to the other side of the yard to be point man. And inevitably, he couldn't help himself. When the battle started, he'd come running down the yard, and he would dive, literally dive, oddly <laughs> dive, sure. um, you know, in, into the situation, you know, just because he wanted to be a part of it. Um, enormously courageous. I always, right. thought, he, I always he thought he was, I always thought that they were both were brand. They, yes, they both were. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And it, that's why I'm saying it, it, uh, you know, Clifford, um, was from Bakersfield. I knew his family quite well. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, Clifford was a good man, but he got caught up. And, you know, the one thing that Clifford couldn't let go of was the drugs. But and, he had a heart of gold. Oh, my goodness, yes. Oh, man. Yes. I, I, but he was yeah. he was a killer. Well, he was. I mean, he you know, he he uh, killed uh, Steve Clark there in Chino because uh, Steve had um, called him a punk in front of his daughter. And with men like that, that's not something that you do. But, um, you know, on the other side of that, I believe uh, Steve's motive was to um, facilitate violence to remain in prison. He didn't want to. He was he was scheduled to be paroled and he didn't want to be paroled. He wanted to stay in there with us. And um, unfortunately, it cost him his life. And how about Shorty? Shorty, um, you know, Shorty had an amazing story. Amazing story. One of the greatest artists I ever met in my life. Oh, bar none. Arnold. One of the greatest artists. He could he could draw anything and make it look live as if well, it was well, alive. Shorty first came to prison in 1958, and he was one of the members of the original Bluebird gang. And the Bluebirds eventually became the Aryan Brotherhood. And um, you had the Bluebirds and you had the Diamond Tooth. But the Bluebirds, they had little Bluebirds tattooed on their chest. So he was one of the original members. And he came in in 1958. And um, in the 60s, he came down with a, one of the rarest forms of leukemia. And so they told him he had 90 days to live, and they sent him out to an outside hospital to die. And um, his brother, um, I believe his name was Brian, um, would come in to visit him and would smuggle him in heroin. And so he was slamming heroin um, in his hospital bed as he was getting ready to die. And then one day, the doctor came in and said, I don't know how this happened. It's miraculous. But... Um, you know, you beat this leukemia. Unfortunately, before then, Shorty thought he was going to die. So he went out and I think took care of seven individuals that he felt had something coming. I remember. So he picked, uh-huh. Yeah, he picked up more murders. So the, the irony, I suppose, in that story is that he beat leukemia when he was supposed to die. But because he picked up more murders, he went back to prison and was serving another life sentence. And he died in prison, you know, serving that life sentence. But, um, you know, one of the original members of the Aryan Brotherhood, a former member of the um, uh, Bluebird gang. And, um, you know, Clifford Smith, um, same thing. Um, You know, he was a good man, a loving man. Um, You know, he came to prison originally on a robbery. 
and um, you know had the potential to parole, but um, you know he got caught up, and um, you know ended up um, doing some things that I think that he otherwise would not have done. Um, you would never you process. you would you would never have thought it, Michael, because if you spent five minutes with with mm-hmm. him, he 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 would hug you and love you and joke with you. He was such a a great man, such a great mm-hmm. human being. You would yeah. ne- nobody would ever think that if you met him, you wouldn't think that he was that guy. Right. You know, I, I was telling Sean also about my, my bunkie. I mean, I, I fought numerous days with my bunkie. I mean, we used to toss it up and I, I know you remember Lyle hood. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Lyle, Lyle was out of San Diego and uh, he'd picked up a murder in a bar. Um, yes. He was connected with the hell's angels. And, um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I like Lyle. Um, you know, a very intelligent man, very creative man. What happened? Um, what happened to well, him? I never heard. Um, last I heard, he was out and living oh, in San wow. Diego. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. He was only serving a, a, a second degree murder, and um, but you know he got caught up in the brand, became a, a an AB member. I always and, thought he was Brand. That's why I just yeah. I didn't want to say it, but I always thought yeah. no, that he no, was. No, he was. He was. You know, there are a lot of people that um, that were Brand that people don't know. I mean, back in the day, that was not something that you wanted people to know. I mean, yes. at one point, we wouldn't even allow people to put the rock on him for that reason. Um, but uh, yeah, Lyle was Brand. He was serving a second degree murder. He'd gotten into a bar fight, ended up stabbing a man to death, and, and went to prison. And like I say, that was uh, Hell's Angel related. And um, but um, good guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, good, yeah. good. Me, three good mm-hmm. men gone. Three yeah. good, two good men gone. I, I oh, wish right. I could. I wish I, if I had a wish, it'd be I'd give Shorty and 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 Shitty a, a hug because they uh, <laughs> they were a part of my. No, they were a part of my life, and to know them mm-hmm. was to love them. Yes. You know, you you don't judge a man by his case; you judge a man by his character. That's right. You know, when I could talk to you, some okay, come on now, people, help me out. Ninety five is how long ago? Twenty seven. Oh, Twenty seven years. And I could talk to years. and I could talk to you today, Michael, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Look at me, brother. No, oh, I am. I am, and it's good to see you. Remember when I fought him and they let me out to visit my mom when she died? Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes. They said they wouldn't. Yes. That that warden wouldn't allow it, and Jim Gomez. Do you remember mm-hmm. that, brother? Yes, I do. I absolutely do. You know, those are the trials and tribulations that people don't think about. You know, when we talk about our humanity and what it is to be human and, you know, that which touches us, you know, the passing of a loved one, you know, just the opportunity to properly grieve. You see, those things aren't normally available. Well, so your support I, systems. I try to tell people because mm. I was telling Sean also, I had a good friend named uh, Rick Stevens. He was the founder of uh, Tower of Power. Mm-hmm. And Rick Stevens was, he, he committed a murder in the 70s and he was in there. He's the one who created the song, uh, You're Still a Young Man. Mm-hmm. And he would sing that to me on my birthday every year. Mm. Yeah. And he finally got out and he died of cirrhosis in mm. 2017. Mm-hmm. He went on tour with the group and knowing he was dying. And when you, when you look back, I look back and I look back at moments in time. That's all I have are moments. 
you know, mm. winning the championship, getting sentenced to five years, getting sentenced to 25, beating it, getting sentenced to 25 again, beating that. Mm-hmm. And to finally be free. I can't even put in words, brother. You know, when I got out and I picked up a, I went to the first night out, I picked up a knife at a restaurant mm-hmm. and I realized how heavy it was because I had been using plastic for the last 40 years. Right. When I kept putting a dime in the phone and it kept coming out because now the calls were 50 cents. Right. When I went to prison and gas was 50 cents a gallon. Now mm-hmm. it's $6. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that I had to, you know, I had to align myself with to realize that, you know, the best one, I, I always tell this to my kids, some people are going to meet in life and they're just going to be passing. Mm-hmm. But I always have a saying, Mike, and I live by it. Real recognizes real. Mm-hmm. And Michael, you look very familiar and I miss you, bro. And I love you so much, man. And I, I hope you, you I hope you get that yoke off your neck so you could visit me in the south of France or in my villa in in Catania and Sicily. Mm-hmm. And you could, and we could just look at each other and and have a cold one and, and just say we made it, my brother. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're well, there. My thinking is is that we we will do that. You know, it's um I'm not in a hurry for anything. You know, it's it's the one thing that I've developed over the years is patience. And it's not just patience wrought from necessity. It's understanding through discernment when patience is called for. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many people oppose me insofar as attempting to put me back in prison. Um, that I don't let that get in the way of what I'm doing. You see, that's just another thing that I have to contend with and will contend with, but I don't let that stop what I'm doing. And, um, and, I, and, and I understand that, Michael, but I'm saying I hope there comes a day as it has for me. You know, mm-hmm. when I was released, I had a life parole. They mm-hmm. were on yes. me. Brother, there was 500, not 50, not a million. There were only 500 inmates in the state of California mm-hmm. that in the last 20 years since Pete Wilson had been released. Right. And when I finally was released, mm-hmm. I realized, I realized all the, brother, I always say this to my kids, you know, and maybe I'm sure you could understand it, but. Mm-hmm you only could kill so many people. Mm -hmm. And then there comes a time where you can only give love back. And I'm at the, I'm at the love stage. That's wonderful. Hope you're enjoying this podcast. There's a word from our sponsor, rocket money. The other day I had to cancel free Amazon prime memberships. I had a personal on the UK, Amazon, us, Amazon company account, us, Amazon, UK, Amazon, Do you understand how hard it is to cancel these bloody things? That's why Rocket Money makes these things so much easier, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. Just like with me, with my four Amazon Prime memberships, you may find out you've been at least double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you've got to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. Thank you for supporting our sponsor, Rocket Money. Links in the description box. Cheers. I'm the, my, my brother, I get it. Listen to this. 
I got a flat tire in Costa Rica and everybody was driving by honking. And I had just been out a week and I was flipping them off because I had that mentality. But yeah. then some lady told me they're, fl- they're honking because they want to help you. Do mm. you need help? And then I realized I'm not in prison anymore. It's mm-hmm. a different world. Yes. But, but, I, but listen, I got that from you, that patience. Mm-hmm. You used to have those talks in front of yourself. Joey, mm. slow down. Mm-hmm. Told May's trying to get you. Mm-hmm. He's going to get you. Don't let him get mm-hmm. you. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah, interestingly enough, I do. I mean, it, it, you know, and it's, you know, the memory's there and it's not fragmented. <sighs> You know, I have a perfect picture. The first moment that you mentioned that officer's name, Man. I had a perfect picture of him, you know, and the politics associated with the unit itself, oh. you know, and so far as what was going on. And, uh, you know, like I said, it was gladiator school. You had a lot of killing going on. And I was uh, in four, we were in four, a four, right. But I was right. in three, a three left when I came back mm-hmm. and uh, there was a Lieutenant that put me out to fight a Northern guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to fight, but you're mm-hmm. a boxer. You fight, you get a lunch, you would shower. You could be the tear tender. I'll get you out of your cell. And then I ended up working for the Lieutenant Riggs as a clerk. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Sean, it was really bizarre. And again, something that I'll never forget mm-hmm. that when I would get off at two o'clock, Michael, I would walk across the yard with the Lieutenant and the captain with an ambulance and it was going two miles an hour. And by mm-hmm. the time we got halfway across the yard, the mm-hmm. gun would go off. And I was like, how did they know somebody was going to get shot? Mm-hmm. Why is the ambulance and where are we walking to the unit and nobody's mm-hmm. even been shot yet? Right. That's when you know you're in trouble. No. Yeah, well, yes. You see, that was the problem at Corcoran was that Whew. that's why they oh called it gladiators. Yeah. My God, mm-hmm. when, when they opened the gate to try to get Charlie on the yard, mm-hmm. remember that? Yes, I do. The wreck yard, they opened the gate and mm-hmm. they tried to get the, and, and I told Sean this morning when we did the, my haters could hate, but I'll tell mm-hmm. you something. Mm-hmm. Charles, Charlie Manson, he was a good guy. There was well, nothing wrong. No, no, no. I, I, this is my opinion. Yeah, you you're know, entitled he, to it. He was 20 miles away. He mm-hmm. wasn't with Tex. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he said, I, I was with these 10 girls doing acid in the Spawn Ranch. And mm-hmm. Tex said, I'm going to go kill somebody. And I said, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I mean, now he couldn't even be charged with it. That's hearsay. Mm-hmm. But I love Charlie because he hit me to jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a clown. He was the perfect clown for the perfect situation. Mm-hmm. All the times they do interviews, he'd come to my cell. He'd look at me and look around and go, Showtime. It, it was a joke. It was a joke to Charlie. Yes, it, it was, was. It was a joke. And I told mm-hmm. him he was, everybody thought he was this, he was another man that was five feet tall, a hundred pounds mm-hmm. soaking wet. Mm-hmm. And my, and my, my nine-year-old grandson would have whooped his ass. Yes. But if you talk to Charlie, he was just out there. Mm-hmm. He, he was, I, 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 I media, still had the media made Charlie. Thank you. That's the thing, you know, um, you know, because the truth was, is that, uh, you know, Charlie was a two bit hustler. He really was. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. No, he was, you know, my issue with Charlie was that he was a pedophile. And uh, I didn't know know that. Well, I know you didn't. 
uh, because I didn't spread it around. You don't do things like that. But I actually caught him in the visiting room. Um, you know, and I won't go into the story, but the fact of the matter wow. is, I, I never knew him. that. I know. I never knew that. How see? embarrassing! I never well, knew that, brother. Here's the thing. See, had I made that not that information public, you know, to the individuals that lived in the unit, he wouldn't have survived in there. So, you know, my issue was was to remove him from the situation, wow. and which I did, and um, to have a um, heart-to-heart talk with Charlie. About I wish I never, you know, I'm so stupefied because I, I, I've been with Charlie since I was 18 in Vacaville, mm-hmm. and he's always been so fearful of me, but so nice to me. Mm-hmm. And I never would have, what you're telling me right now is I'm going to mm-hmm. stop saying what a good guy he was because mm-hmm. he was, I didn't know that, but there's yeah. nothing worse than a man that touches a woman or a child. That's right. So, so I am really mind boggled right now. If I had hair, it would be blowing back. Well, that's why I'm, you know? I'm actually mentioning it. I mean, yeah. I, like I told you, you're entitled to your opinion based on your experience with the man. My experience with him was different. I mean, I yeah. actually tried to help Charlie. Um, I did. You know, I, I did a number of things. That's a story in and of itself. Remember when I remember when we remember when I stole his file and sold it online? <laughs> that I don't remember, but it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> remember when I, I, I was answering his mail from from England? He had more people from England than he did from mm. anywhere in the world. Yeah, I, I do remember that. He got bags of mail. Yeah, and um, you know, the, the my concern there was that these youngsters would be writing him and they, they were idolizing him. Yes, and they were. That, yes, that's they what were. I didn't want to happen um, because I knew who he was at the core. And um, I wish know, I would have known, brother. I wish I would have alienated myself if I knew that. I wish I would well, have known. I get that. But he's, you know, out of my, he, he's out of my conversational repertoire from this day forward. <laughs> well, you know, I just did a piece here recently because people asked me about Charlie. And uh, so I went on and I did... Uh, an interview relative to him because I don't want to perpetuate the myth of, of Charlie Manson because it is a myth. But I just thought he wasn't everything that they see. What I'm saying is, and and I, I I feel this in my bones that at the time Mm -hmm. it was the Vietnam war. It was Baragosi, uh, the district attorney Mm -hmm. who was making books about it, that Charlie was the perfect person for the perfect crime at the time mm-hmm. that the world wanted to take its mind off of Vietnam. So they focused mm-hmm. on Charlie mm-hmm. because uh, my attorney, Melvin Belli at the time said, if he was arrested at this time for this mm-hmm. crime, he would have never gone to jail because that's hearsay in the yeah. third, third way. Well, but, I remember um, Melvin, you know, he was good and good attorney and, and, and um, I have utmost respect for his opinion legally. Uh, but the issue as it relates to Charlie one, like I said, the media made him, but let's not lose sight of the fact that these were individuals that cut the child out of a pregnant woman. Um, I mean, there's just, there's no getting around that. And but he no was, but he was, he was 40 miles away. Well, it doesn't matter where he was at. He was in control. You're talking to somebody that used to be a leader of an organization, you know, that was, wasn't present when a lot of things went on, but I was very much aware of them and actually condoned them. Well, and, he's out of my repertoire, brother. We could change the subject. I didn't know, and I feel embarrassed <laughs> to even say that. But no, I go no. by, I go as, 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 ergo. Okay. As I did then, I'll do now. And All I'll right. follow, and I'll follow your lead. Well, there's okay. another character I need to ask Mike about, and that is okay. the booty bandit of Corcoran Prison. 
Um, yeah, that's Rudy the Brute. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy the Brute. Brute. Yeah, Rudy the Brute was a booty bandit in, in Corcoran. Yeah, he was a big black guy. And that uh, what staff used to do is when they wanted to punish someone, is that they would take that person, they put him in the cell with Rudy the Brute, and he would sodomize them. And um, that's how they controlled the population by using individuals like Rudy the Brute um, to sodomize individuals that they wanted to bring under control. And they did that um, quite frequently, unfortunately. There is nothing worse, in my opinion, than being on the tier and listening to a man being raped by another man, brutally raped. You know, that would apply to a woman too, of course. Um, but, you know, my experience is, is, is hearing that. And so, um, yeah. That was it, around the time they killed Tate. They shot that kid in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, what, that, what, 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 with this, with this bandit guy, what was the gang's response to that then? Because well, if this, so if this guy's a sex, that, he's a sex offender then, is he? Yeah. You want to remember that uh, this is a security housing unit, the entire facility. So everybody is on lockdown and they're let out to the yard together. But unless they orchestrate that, it's supposed to be segregated. You know, I was at Corcoran where I was let out on a tier and individuals were let out with me. You know, Joey knows about that, you know, how that used to happen. And so you you go out there and you're under the gun. You know, I've had situations where um, they would open my cell door and orchestrate a fight in front of my cell door just so they could shoot into my cell. Uh, under the pretense that they were quelling the disturbance in front of my cell. So, you know, the, the circumstances with Rudy the Brute is just one of many, you know, that existed at the time uh, in Corcoran. You know, that's why the Department of Justice investigated the brutality against prisoners at Corcoran. And you had some, by my estimation, extremely um, sick administrators you know, who were eventually terminated from their employment. They were brought before the Senate Select Committee. Warden uh, Smith. That's right. That's right. They called him Mushroom George. Yep. yep. That's because they, they, they fed him shit and kept him in the dark. And um, so, but it was the other individuals that actually ran the joint, you know, that were facilitating all this. That's where you had the green wall. You know, that was um, the guards that came together and, and they were a gang. And, yep. um, you know, they called them the Sharks. And Tomei put that on me every day for years. You remember that? Yeah. Yes, that boy, I that I, I was a boxer too. And there's a new sheriff in town. I was like, why are mm-hmm. you after me? Mm-hmm. Why can't I use the phone? Why can't mm-hmm. I, why are you mm-hmm. hitting my house and handcuffing me to the mm-hmm. chair? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this to me? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I still, I, I wish I could get that answered, but it was just, it was to, to have somebody that's a one officer that's working your cell block and you're the object of his desire. Mm-hmm. That, that was, uh, I, I had many sleepless nights knowing that he was coming to work and I didn't mm-hmm. know what was coming next. I think the lesson in that, because what you're really talking about, brother, is competition. You see, these were individuals that who couldn't compete with you otherwise. Now we're in a position of authority and they felt that they could compete with you and wanted to compete with you. You see, but what we're doing is we're using the experience of that now to solicit others to cooperate as opposed to compete. And it's a very, very difficult thing to do, particularly in a male prison, because the competition is off the hook, you know, and it, and it exists at a multitude of levels. You know, the administration, the guards, 
the the inmates you know and in there there are layers there are, and and patterns associated with that but it really is all about competition and the key to my way of thinking is to facilitate cooperation and in that cooperation we we evolve and that's what I, we're after I, I always say that for 40 years i was in a living hell mm-hmm. yes what, 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 were both of you guys forced to participate in these gladiator fights? No, I mean, other than being let out on the tier, yeah, I mean, there were setups, um, you know, where that occurred. Um, you know, like Joey mentioned, Preston Tate. And, you know, Preston Tate was shot in the head by an officer. It was a setup. And that was one of those where... Um, two hours before he was actually shot in the head, I was brought the central files of all three inmates that were going to be involved and was told to write the report on it. It hadn't even happened yet. You see? Yeah, so you, that, were the, you were the captain's clerk. I remember that's that. That's right. That's right. And I, I was, was and I was, yeah, and I was Rick's clerk. I took that's after right. over after, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or they would say, um, before, do you remember they would tell us to say, use the canister and would type it and it wasn't the canister. Mm-hmm. We gave mm-hmm. a warning shot and they did it. Do you remember all the oh, yes. Ill- illegal yes. reports we filed? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. I that's, why I actually, that. that's why I actually took that report and I went to Lieutenant Rig with it. Now, I was the captain's clerk, but I respected Lieutenant Rigg because he Hell was of a, a former man. sheriff. He was. Hell of a and man. Hopefully, hopefully still he is alive. I don't know if he is or not. But a hell of a but man, though. He went through hell. But he judged a man him. by his character, whether you were right. in blue right. or green. That's right. See, so he was, he was rare in that. You know, I can remember being brought back from court. I was going out to court in Oregon, and I was brought back from court. And their fear was is that I was going to testify against the guards in that Preston Tate situation as it turned out the department of justice didn't use any inmates um but the fact is that that that, uh, the green wall the sharks thought that i was so when i was brought back to court one day they still had me in leg irons and and waist chains and um they took axe handles to me i mean they were beating the tar out of me and lieutenant rig heard the commotion and actually came in and stopped them Yes, Um, yes you know that was just one of many beatings that i endured as a result of the situation that we're talking about. Well, I was um, in three. I was in three. I was in building three left. Okay, I, that's B on four yard or B or, or three on, yard. I was at. I was in. I was um, when you come out of the office, the first building on the left. Okay, yeah, that's just all the way. That's directly across from the program office. Right, that's where I was, and mm-hmm. and I fought twice. I fought twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, for I fought twice for extra lunches mm-hmm. because they knew I was the boxer and it was a, a officer Vasquez mm-hmm. and he was like, man, I'm going to make some money off of you. And mm-hmm. I fought twice. Yeah. And then that's when the department of correction put me in four, a four, right. I'll never, I'll never forget that. But uh, you know, uh, Corcoran was um, a den of hell. I mean, yes. And it was amazing when I was, what unit was I in right across from the office? The first one on the left. Yeah, that that actually would have been. um, um, Three left, three. No, no, that would have been 4A, um, one left. 4A, and then the other was 4B. Right. I was in 4A. And I'll never forget, sometimes when I hear the construction on the street and Mm -hmm. I hear, shh, 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 shh. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. It just makes me go back to knowing at night when they're sharpening knives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's an eerie sound to hear when you're mm-hmm. trying to sleep at night. Cause you don't mm-hmm. know if it's coming for you. That's I mean, right. to, to live your life, to hear that mm-hmm. and not knowing if it's man, what did I do? Was that me? Mm-hmm. That that's, that's, I, I uh, that's a. Uh, I still think about it. Uh, well, appropriately like so. It's a form of trauma and PTSD as it relates to where you're at now. You know, and it's one of the things that I I, I want to address and I'm going to address in future episodes is the, is the post-traumatic stress disorder that lifers suffer as a result of the very thing that you're talking about right now. Well, I was blessed with it, Michael. Michael, I was blessed. Don't mean to interrupt, but I was blessed right. with it. I was blessed with it because... When I got out in 2015, yeah. my counselor had put that exactly in my file. Mm-hmm. And great. I receive, I survive on $900 a month, mm-hmm. SSI for post-traumatic stress disorder based on mm-hmm. the 40 years I served. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, yeah. there are some people that, you know, you run into the very few counselors that go beyond mm-hmm. the call. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You know, I really do. Oh, Michael, I can't even tell you, man, how you touched my soul, brother. I can't, <laughs> man. You know that? I love you too, bro. I do. We got we to gotta yeah. make a difference, brother. Once you get off the chains that bind you, we got to go out and fight this, man. Well, you know, I don't think we need to go out anywhere. We can do that by virtue of the technology that we're using right now. You know, it's always better when we can do these things in person. You know, because we know the impact that it has when you're there in person, as opposed to just seeing somebody up on the screen, you know, to, to walk amongst the kids in particular. You know, I used to put 25 kids in front of me and uh, they'd bring them into the prison and I had chairs set up and there'd be 25 youngsters sitting there from ages 11 to 16. And all the counselors and the teachers and the parents would be in the back. And, um, you know, back then people were into that scared straight thing and I, I don't agree with it. No, I don't either. So, you know, they wanted me to scare them. But what I did was, see, they, they were told that they were there because they did something wrong. And so I would go to the front and I'd say, you know, I want each and every one of you youngsters to understand that you see all those people in the back. They tell me that you're here because each and every one of you has leadership potential. And immediately these kids would set up in their chair. What? Me? Leadership potential? That's right. And that's why you're here today. You see, so that we can talk about how to best help you manifest that leadership potential. You see, and that's the difference in how we talk and why we talk. You know, that positive affirmation as opposed to beating them down. Because that's what our youth, unfortunately, are used to. You see, if they get into a little bit of trouble, say they're disrespecting their parents or their teachers, which a lot of kids do, you see, then it's a matter of bringing them in and giving them something positive. That's to hold on to. You yes, bet. to hold on to. I always tell them the great As words. Opposed, of the, yeah. You, know, you don't always, beat them down. You don't yeah, beat them down. I, you don't. You don't. I, I, I ran into that myself, Michael. I, I, I spoke to a group of kids from Harlem. Um, mm-hmm. I, I spoke to uh, 40 kids from Harlem from 103rd and Lexington. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, we, you know, but I'm from the hood. So I know they're going to relate to me. Right. And I told them what I tell everybody in the great words of my mentor, the great light heavyweight champion of the world, Archie Moore, who mm-hmm. had a program called ABC, any boy mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. And he told me when I was 14, the difference between a champ 
and a chump is you. That's right. You're the difference. That's right. We have to give people the hope to make it. You can't hit them. Scared straight ain't going to scare nothing. They, no. they are not scared. But no. if you put them in your arms and you cradle them and you show mm-hmm. them the way and you show them mm-hmm. your wisdom and what you've seen, mm-hmm. my 40 years need to account for something. That's why I do what I do. And I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm so in awe that I never thought that I would see you ever again. And I always speak about you. Mm-hmm. My wife knows you. My mm-hmm. wife knows of you. Mm-hmm. You know, she was in the visiting room all the time with us. And she's, she's mm-hmm. still, I said, do you remember Michael Todd, the Indian with the long, I told you he used to 40, the Rams and he was going to be a great athlete. And I always <laughs> tell you, I, oh, brother, am I right? Am I right or wrong? Yes, yes you're right. I, I, I always tell your story and mm. I was very hurt. And maybe Sean could compound on this. Every time I spoke to Sean, I would say, you take it from here, Sean. Oh, how much he wanted to speak to you, yeah. Cause, and um, how hurt yeah. I was because what? Because you hadn't heard back yet, but I think we've um, all, I think it's all was, been handled. It's all been handled. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's been handled, but my mm-hmm. heart was hurt for a week because every mm-hmm. day I was expecting Michael to call me. And, you see, I and, didn't know that. But see? I told Sean, gave him my phone number. Well, Brother, I'm sure, I, I'm sure, I'm sure Sean followed up. What you want to remember is that I don't have access to the internet. Oh, I didn't know that. So you didn't get, I didn't the, know you didn't that. get the, you no. didn't get the email. You didn't get the I'm email. So, but, but it hurt me. That's I, the point mm-hmm. I'm trying to make is mm-hmm. all that we've been through and knowing mm-hmm. that you were free, but mm-hmm. I didn't know the conditions you were under. That's why I'm right. saying. Uh, remember, I, remember Joey, I said this, this is something to do with his restrictions. That's why he's yeah. not responded. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. just want to tell you, Michael, and I'll leave it at this for myself. You guys could, we could continue talking. I am the founder of Bad Boxers Against Drugs. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer a boxer. I go by the name Joey. Yeah. And um, I love making a difference, bro. Maybe I'll send you a DVD or smoke signals. But when you see it, <laughs> you'll, see, you'll see those children. And those children now, this was done in 86. And those children now are married with children and drug-free. Mm-hmm. And... And I can't tell you, you know, that's why I say now when I'm sick, when I was diagnosed, I said to myself, what I want to leave is that when they have the celebration of my life, I want those kids there. Yeah. Because I don't want to be remembered by boxer from 18th Street. Right. I want to be remembered for their kids and their kids' kids. So you're going to allow me to help you get through this, right? Brother, I, I don't want to compound on right. it right now i i know that i don't want to compound it maybe mm-hmm. you could send the information to sean but so we say this we and what that means is all that i do i do so that i can live with my relations and so that we can live as a people that's all we got the end of the day, that's all you got, brother. That's the end right. of the day, it, it's the love you give. I, mm-hmm. I tell people, you know, people are like, hey, I expected you to be this this bad. I go, brother, you only mm-hmm. could kill so many people. When people expect a fist from me now, I give them a hug. Mm-hmm. When I walk down the street in my neighborhood, and I love when people acknowledge me and say, good morning, OG. How you doing, OG? That means a lot to me. A lot to me means to speak to the kids to go to the schools. I just went to the one on Skid Row for the homeless children that are in the program because mm-hmm. their parents are living on the street. And I yeah. told them, I told them the same thing. 
the same thing that you told me. Mm-hmm. Believe in yourself. You told okay. me one day, mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. It was the Oklahoma bombing. Why I'll never mm-hmm. forget that. Mm-hmm. It was the Oklahoma bombing. I just, McVay, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and you said, believe in you, Joey. You're not that guy. You told me mm-hmm. that, Michael. You said yeah. you're not that guy. And I was mm-hmm. kind of offended because I, I thought I was a bad motherfucker. And you told me you're not that guy. You know who told me that too? It was Sirhan. Mm-hmm. He, was, he would say, man, you're not like these guys. You're intelligent, articulate, better yourself. Mm-hmm. And you took it and I ran with it. So I'll say it one more time. I'm in London and you got a big part to do with it. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I do. You know, it, it's, um, you know, you talk about Skid Row, you know, there's a, a guy named Phil that uh, has uh, Skid Row runners and they go all over the world now. And, uh, you know, they run, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there doing a lot of good work and that's the thing to remember. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm curious, Mike, um, uh-huh. how, how long were you and Joey around each other in the system for, and what was it that separated you guys? Well, they, I think they moved Joey um, um, out of state, as I recall, um, to Nevada. Uh, they may have moved him first to Soledad, but then they moved him out of state, and, and that was the issue. Um, you know, there was a lot of um, movement. You know, it, it was a very, very um, only unit of its kind in the state of California. And so there weren't that many of us in there and um, very high profile. And um, so in order to be moved out of there, it took a lot, you know, and in Joey's case, you know, he had intervened in the, in an attack on a guard and um, actually saved that guard and um, at um, great expense to himself uh, physically and, and even emotionally. You know, one of the problems that we face as former lifers is that emotional um, arrestment. You know, see, a lot of what we might have experienced in growing up on the streets, uh, we didn't have in prison because we had to survive. And so what that does is it it arrests your emotions. It's called arrested development. And, um, you know, I'm in the process right now of um, acquiring, really, emotional intelligence as it relates to those experiences that I didn't have. And, um, you know, it, it's really one of my passions. I deal with epigenetics, and that's the epigenetics is just simply the environment's impact upon, um, you know, cellular regeneration, what's going on with the body, so far as that fourfold uh, manifestation of uh, biopsychosocial spiritual. I mean, there are a number of things, but these are my passions as it relates to what I do and why I do it. And that comes from understanding where Joey and I come from. You know, uh, living in the environment in which we lived, um, which, um, by any estimation, was horrendous. Um, you know, the violence, the bloodshed, um, the deprivation. Um, you know, a lot has changed in the state of California, but there remains a lot of change that needs to occur. Um, and that has to do with judicial reform. It's one of the reasons I'm back in, in court already is because there are th- that those individuals, those organizations in the state of California that don't believe that individuals like Joey and myself should ever be released. And so they do everything they can to keep us in prison, to keep us incarcerated. It's more than just being a business. 
You see, it comes down to that competitive char characteristic. And so these are things in the future that I am going to address. And I'm going to address them with the idea of not challenge or taking an issue against them, but I'm standing for something else. And that's the evolution of our own humanity as human beings. And what it is and what it means when you take a human being and you put them in a cage, the impact that that has. It isn't to say that there isn't a need for crime and pun uh, punishment as it relates to the crime. There is. When we wake up in the morning, we get out of bed, and we start our day with Coro Snacks. Coro is a healthy snacks brand focusing on bringing additive-free natural ingredients to their customers with fair prices in bulk packaging. They have everything from nut butters to free from baking ingredients to cooking essentials and, of course, the snacks. And the energy balls are delicious. Oh, they're my favourite, the salted pistachio. Ooh. Um, this this morning. Let's see what this one tastes like. Cheers. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. So what makes Coro special in comparison to others? Their bulk packaging allow them to offer their customers high quality products at a fair price. For a 5% discount on Coro's products, use the code TRUECRIME with no space in between true and crime. The link to Coro's online shop is in the description box on YouTube. Thanks for supporting our sponsor. You see, but when is enough? When is when is enough enough? Uh, you when, do you, when do you when do you when do you take a child? That's right. You know, when do you take a child and say you're 17 years old, you're going to die mm -hmm. in here? Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, I, I always tell people that. I always tell people I, I I lived for 40 years in an environment as a child mm -hmm. where life and death were a breath apart. Mm -hmm. That's Every right. day, people mm -hmm. don't understand that. If they could grasp that for a moment, mm -hmm. where life and death is a breath apart, am That's I right. dying? Am I dying today? Right. Is is Tookie's homies going to kill me? Is the you know is somebody going to mm -hmm. kill me just mm -hmm. because I got a visit and they don't? Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm I'm not as stable as you are right now. Um, I've, I've enjoyed these uh, six years to the fullest, traveling, mm -hmm. seeing the world, making mm -hmm. a difference, speaking with kids. But I'm haunted. Mm -hmm. I'm haunted mm -hmm. by the men that I hurt. I'm haunted mm -hmm. at the destruction I caused. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I am only trying to better myself. That's That's mm -hmm. all I could do at the end of the day and give something mm -hmm. back. Let my story mm -hmm. be a story that someone could can grow from. I'm mm -hmm. not at your level, Michael. I've always respected you for your intelligence and your intellect. And you made mm -hmm. it able for Thank me to, to converse somewhat intelligently. Mm -hmm. But you did that. You did that. Mm -hmm. You gave me things to read. You, I mean, I, I, I look back and, and I think about it. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's where you've come from that makes you know where you're going. And mm -hmm. I truly I believe, I truly mm -hmm. believe that I, I use my past mm -hmm. to make me who I am today. And that's why mm -hmm. I, I tell you this. We got to give back. And if there's any way that I could, if, if anybody hears my words, if there's any way that if you have a child that needs something, if you want me to call them, I'll do it. If you want me to have lunch with them, I'll do it. I just want to make mm -hmm. a difference. If it's mm -hmm. one by one, it's one by one. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to do it.
And uh, if there's anything I could do to assist you with the fight that you're in, uh, mm-hmm. if there's anything, brother, I mean, anything, trust me when I tell you, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right in the next city. And I know you can't meet with me. You can't see me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if there's any paperwork, if you need any letters of support, uh, mm-hmm. even from, you know, I could get, you know, whoever to get a letter for you to, 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 mm-hmm. to brother, you, you, you should be, all the shackles should be on and you should mm-hmm. be on YouTube watching my video. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll gotta make, yeah, we'll we got to do journey. it. We'll get there. And it's this guy that's going to do it. Yeah, we're doing it. And I just want to tell the viewers as well that, you know, Joey's here and we've been filming a series of podcasts with him. His life story is going to be four or five parts. That's great. It, it goes, you know, from the banana crime family enforcement action to the murder beef, the sentences of the five years, the, the resentence of life, the conflicts in the prison with La M.A., 18th Street, all the gang stuff. Mm-hmm. Saves a female prison guard who's about to be raped and murdered, mm-hmm. which completely changes his entire life trajectory. Gets moved over to the Nevada uh, prison, which is the podcast we filmed today. And then tomorrow we're going to do about his his release before he goes back for his last stretch, and then yeah, we'll last stretch and what happened after that. But I, mm-hmm. I've I've never it's it's so unique the way he set up this charity with all these famous mm-hmm. sports players visiting him in prison, mm-hmm. and just like you've experienced, Michael, I imagine the viewers when they watch and hear his story, a lot of them are going to be saying, you know, this guy's making this stuff up, blah blah blah, because you've got all these people out there that cannot comprehend what mm-hmm. you guys went through. Joey, what do you say to the guys online, these trolls that are saying Michael is making his story up? <laughs> no, I, I I can't. You know, I I can only say I lived it with this man. I haven't spoke to this man since '95, but we know where the bodies are buried. Mm. Uh, I can't I can't I can't compound and anymore. If if you know, like I said, if there's people that have that do have the YouTube. Sorry, Michael, I don't mean to sound facetious. Yeah, that's okay. But you know, ask your wife to go to the Joey Tory story mm-hmm. on YouTube. And you'll see Emmett Smith. You'll see Daryl Strawberry at Dodger Stadium saying, there's nothing I won't do for him. We love you, Joey. Get home soon. Or you see Edward James Olmos saying he's doing more in prison than some men are out here. Mm -hmm. That's my legacy. I don't care if there's haters. You're going to have haters everywhere. You know, but but the best thing for haters is success. And my success is I'm in London. I'm going to the south of motherfucking France. (laughs) I'm going to go to my villa in Catania, Sicily on Saturday. And I'm going to spend till Christmas taking the sun and enjoying the grapes of freedom because Mm. what I went through, no man should go through and no child should go through. And if you're going to hate, haters hate, you know, Mm -hmm. there's there's always haters. When I fought, when I was the champ, everybody hated me. They wanted to see me lose because I was so good. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very abreast of haters. When I was in 18th Street Gang, when I founded the game in 1973 at the Pinball Arcade on Broadway and Fifth, I had haters because I look white. And they're saying, wait, wait a minute. How is this white boy the president of 18th Street? And as I tell those Mexican gangbangers from the Emma, how was Joe Morgan a Croatian <laughs> from Croatia? 
I think in the UK they don't know who Joe Morgan is. Joe, if uh, you want Google, to... they got the Googles. <laughs> let let you know. You know. You know what I'm talking about. Didn't he die right yeah. next to us in the unit there? In this the, is the, this yeah, is the found, yeah. a founder of the MA, the Mexican. Well, he's, Mexican, one of, Mexican um, he's he's one of the original members of the MA, and he eventually dominated the MA by way of leadership. He died of uh, liver cancer at Corcoran. Another cirrhosis. Where we, where we were at. Brother, I think it's in the water, Michael. How come everybody we know died of cirrhosis, brother? Tell me, uh, it, it's got to be uncommon. I never did drugs, but mm-hmm. tell me how come everyone we speak of, Rick Stevens, uh, Shitty Smitty, every, I could go down the line of w- maybe 80 out of 100, and yeah. all, of, all of them have died of cirrhosis. It usually begins with hepatitis. I had hep C. Yeah, I know, and it's, that's where it begins. Now, now, that's curable now, you know, you know. But uh, back in their day, it wasn't. And yeah. so it, it went through a process. And But like I said, it started with hep C and then evolved. And it has a lot to do with lifestyle. Uh, it has a lot to do with stress. You know, and the stressors that uh, individuals encounter behind the iron gates. But that's you know, why I was just, telling I was telling Sean, though, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about the haters, Michael. And I'm saying, how could an organization... A Mexican organization run well, by a, run by a well, Croatian. I know, <laughs> you know, and Joe was a very good friend of mine and we did a lot of business together. But the thing is, is that, you know, like when I tell people that I was raised native, you know, I run into the same thing. They say, Oh, that white boy, he's not native. He's not an Indian. You know, I've never been interested in being Indian, but anybody that knows me knows that I was, Raised native, and I am native. Brother, you've been native as long as I remember. <laughs> yeah, well, see, that, that's that's what I'm talking about. Um, sorry about that. Let me turn this. But haters are going to hate. Haters are going to hate you, Sean, because you're you know you're who you are and you're doing what you do. I just mm-hmm. say the hell with haters. All you got to do is just understand one thing. I did 40 years. You didn't. If you don't like that, fuck you. I'm trying to help. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about you. I'm trying yeah. to help your kid or your kid's kid. Because yeah. that's what matters to me. You don't matter to me. You hating me has no bearing on me. I'm going to be prosperous. Right. This money in my pocket is the money I earn. This trip right. I'm doing is a trip I did. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do it, then you hate. But mm-hmm. my goal is to just turn lives around. If I could just mm-hmm. turn one life around a week, I'd be a king. So that's that's where m- my story is. I think yeah. a beautiful thing about what you've said today, Joey, is it, it affirms Michael's philosophy of helping people. I mean, basically, you validated that his philosophy of helping people goes back decades, and mm-hmm. you, you've credited him with being here to this day, and you're a release because he took time out to help to you. To teach me. To teach me how to be a man. Michael told me how to be a man. Michael yeah, said, don't you, do man. that. Do this. And you know it, brother. You know it. You used to school me like a little child, and I would get upset. <laughs> but but then I'd go to my cell, and I'd, I'd huff and puff, and I'd say, you know what, man? Michael was right. I'm better than this. You know, and it's hard to break the cycle. I think the key to people changing their life and their lifestyle is breaking that cycle. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is a tough guy. Yes. You know, not everybody. Not everybody's a tough guy. You know, I'll tell you, Michael, I'll tell you, Sean. Mm-hmm. When I first got out, I was driving on the 710 freeway to go to Long Beach. I was going to do something I've never done in my life, and that was fishing. Mm. So I bought Mm. a fishing rod, and I said, I'm going to go fishing. And I was driving, and a guy cut me off, and he flipped me off. So I flipped him off, 
and I hit the brakes in the middle of traffic and got out the car and went at him. And when I looked back, I saw all these cars honking and I felt so ashamed and so mm. embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And what I learned from that is now when they flip me off, I wave at them. I wave at them and I tell them I'm sorry. And I wave <laughs> at them because I'm thinking in my head and you don't even know who the fuck I am. Mm. You don't even know. You don't even know what you're getting yourself into. But I wave at them. And I, I apologize. When somebody bumps into me, I go, oh, excuse me. And when somebody bumps into me, I, I don't turn around and I react. I, I go, oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me, ma'am. Or when somebody sees me all tattooed back and they, they, I see the look. Another time I'm in Vegas. I'm, at, I'm going to the fight. And I'm in the elevator and I see these three women in the elevator talking. And when I get in the elevator, all three of them grabbed their purse and clutched it to their chest. <laughs> and I said, good morning, ladies. And you could see them go, ah. mm. that's the two examples I could give you what I've experienced as being free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where my heart's at. Mm. Fuck a hater. You don't like me, kick rocks. Yeah. I don't care anymore. As long as you spell my name right, I'm happy. <laughs> You I know. get it. I do. Yeah. Do I, I, don't, I do. I do. Look, I don't give them any credence. There's no <laughs> value in it. They just want to compete or they have an agenda. They want to pull people to the site. I mean, I get it. it. It's oftentimes it just has an economic base. They think that by creating contention that they generate subscribers. And that's really what it's all about. So yeah. I get it. Others have ulterior motives. I get it. You know, they're the front man. They're still in the mix. You know, they want to put down this idea that you know, but this person has credibility. Um, look, there are a number of reasons, but they're really not worth even the time that we're giving to them today. They're no, 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 no. But, 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 brother, I just want to say, we know, yeah. you know, and I know, yeah. and the records will reflect where we were mm-hmm. and who we are. Well, see, at the end of, say. Yeah, at the, the end facts, of the day, yeah. yeah. The facts speak, speak for themselves. Everything <laughs> that I or you have ever done is documented. Thank you. You see, and all they have to do is I tell them, do your homework. It's that simple. Yeah, but they don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. So just let it go and we'll move on. We'll do what we're doing for the reasons that we're doing it. We stand they should jump. Something. They should jump on board, bro. They should jump on board. Well, if, if they were intelligent. They jump they on might. board. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the supporters who deserve our attention, Michael. Right. And I'm, I'm just That's curious because right. you've been so viewed recently on YouTube. I'm just wondering what kind of positive, feedback you've had from people from these videos well i don't get to view too much of it again because of that uh, restriction you know but i do have individuals who call me and tell me what other people are saying and uh, i'm grateful you know sean i wake up every morning grateful yes that that's the thing that you know i i swing out of bed and i put my feet on the floor and i take a deep breath and i am grateful you see I say my prayers, see, and yeah. it, 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 it's really what it comes down to. So, you know, the feedback has been enormous by way of support, um, not just support, but people who want to understand, people who want to learn, um, people that are looking for um, different avenues, different modalities uh, that, that might assist them, that might help them, uh, that uh, are encouraged by... Uh, as a result, rather, of uh, the conversations that we're having. And that's really what it's about. 
Um, you know, I understand that a lot of people get caught up in the sensationalism and everything else, and that has value. I'm not trying to diminish it, you see, but it's only a part of our life. You know, that's I, sensationalism. I gave, I gave up on it, Michael, when I yeah. read an article in the LA Times that said, we sent a reporter to interview him, mm-hmm. but we had to hire an interpreter because he didn't speak English. Hmm. <laughs> then another article said we interviewed his mother and father mm-hmm. and they said that he was a killer. Mm. And I thought to myself, in fact, I called the reporter, Michael, you remember when I went to bury my parents, mm-hmm. you were there I when do, do. Gomez yep. sent the car on the yard. Cause the warden let, yep. wouldn't let me go. Remember that? That's right. Yes, I do. So I called the warden uh, the reporter and I said, Yes, I'd like to know, have you spoke to Mr. and Mrs. Torres? He goes, yes. I go, could you let me know where they are? Because I buried them 30 years ago. Mm. Click. So that's what, that's Mm -hmm. when you're trying to do something positive as we are, you're going to run into that. But at this time, at this time, brother, I am so free in my God. I'm so free in my soul. I can't Mm -hmm. even tell you how beautiful it is to travel the world, brother. Mm -hmm. To have the money, the funds to travel the world. Mm to be able to do these things that I'm doing today, to talk to you, to mm-hmm. meet Sean. Mm-hmm. And it all started because I wanted Sean to tell Michael to call me. I love mm-hmm. him. That's mm-hmm. how I met Sean. Not to say, tell my story. This is the first time that mm-hmm. my story's ever been told. Mm-hmm. And that's great. You see, because you have an excellent medium for that. You see, it's well-balanced and um, is going to afford you the opportunity to do just that. But the thing to remember in that is that you and I don't stand against anyone or anything. We stand for something very, very important. And that's the evolution of our own humanity as human beings and assisting to the extent that we can you know, those who are seeking assistance. They come of their own volition, you know, in that capacity. And uh, you have a great story. It's going to help people. It's going to inspire people. It's going to encourage people. And I'm I'm delighted that you're telling it, I, I, brother. You too. I, I've I've missed you, brother. You don't know how many times that I've spoke about you, and you know, and mm. I'll, I'll keep doing it, brother. Because thank you. I always say when good people get together, good things happen. Your past mm. doesn't make you who you are. It's no. just you know you always have to remember where you came from. That's right. I, I'm always going to be who I was, and I, nobody could ever take mm. the fact from me, or that mm. they can't say I won that championship. I was the mm. Walter Wade champion of the world. That's right. Nobody could take that from me. I don't care who mm. wants to even try to say it. Yeah. You know, nobody could take those fights from me. Mm-hmm. Just like nobody could take your education. I was respect. I, I respect you, brother, because of how I saw you educate yourself and better yourself mm-hmm. in the depths of hell, mm-hmm. mother. Hey, I, I don't mean. Listen, I just got to put it where it is. Motherfucker, we were in the depths of hell. Can't mm-hmm. nobody t- can't nobody even begin to comprehend the mm-hmm. depths of hell that we were in when mm-hmm. life and death was surrounding us mm-hmm. and we were fighting the cops at the same time. Mm-hmm. But we were litigating. We were mm-hmm. beating them at their own tool. That's right. So that's why I tell you, get mm-hmm. take care of what you have to take care of. You have mm-hmm. a place to come visit me at wherever I'm at in the world. Mm-hmm. And um I, and, and as soon as it gets done, we have to sit back by the fireplace and just look at each other and mm. reminisce because uh, like we made we, we made it, brother. We made yeah. it. Just keep keep fighting. Don't let them get you down. Oh, um, I got, hey, how do you think I felt after I left you? And they gave me life again. I was like, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> but but I I used a lot of that patience. 
because you remember I, I was I was a quick draw mm-hmm. and I was a hot one and uh yeah you, you were definitely a gunslinger <laughs> and and you you put in that Matt hey slow down slow down mm-hmm. you're gonna crash Joey and I, I took that and um, mm-hmm. I'm so happy to see you and it's just by fate I mean what are the chances mm-hmm. I don't go on you I don't go on YouTube I don't even, I've never been on a computer to this day. This is the first time mm-hmm. I'm in front of a, one of these things. I don't text anybody to mm-hmm. this day. If you want to talk to me, you call me. I have mm-hmm. no time in my life. I've been gone for 40 years and this takes a lot of time. <laughs> Why are you going to do this to say, how you doing? Just pick up the freaking phone and say, how you doing? Yeah. But, um, oh, brother, it's been a pleasure, man. Now, you know what? Now my circle is complete. Mm. I hear you. I do. Again, I'll tell you, I love you. It's a joy to see you. And we are going to stay in touch. Yes, we have to. All right. Do you think, Mike, if your restrictions get lifted, you could come out to London? Yes. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I plan plan on it, actually. You know, I I like London. I like England. Um, I like the people. Um, You know, it... uh, so I'm actually looking forward to that. I'm going to make a trip over to Ireland and Scotland. And um, then uh, at some point, uh, I'm going to take my wife uh, to her homeland, uh, Japan, and, um, and then over to the islands, um, Hawaii. And um, I'm working with um, a good friend right now, Kevin Gutfield. In, uh, he's in um, St. John Island. Um, and um which i is that the american or is that a british colony i I don't remember um at any rate he's there so we're doing uh some work uh he's 30 years um as a um um, therapist and uh, i met him when this last time they incarcerated me uh, we met and then when i was released we um we hooked up and uh, we've been talking and uh, we're going to be doing some good work. Hey, brother, since I've been out, Michael, I bought a van because I like that van life living. Yeah. And I drove from Los Angeles to Miami. Ah. I left it and I went on a two week cruise to the Bahamas. Oh, yeah. Got the car, went to see my daughter in North Carolina. Yeah. Drove, drove all the way to Grand Canyon. I went to Cuba. I went to the Dominican. I went to. Uh, two years ago to Kenya, Africa on a safari. Yeah. And now, and now I'm in London with uh, Sean and bro, I'm so proud of us. Well, I'm not allowed to leave the state of California. I can't go outside a 50 mile radius without I'm on house arrest. Um, And uh, so I have to do a schedule, weekly schedule of where I'm going to be beforehand. And um, it, um, a lot of restrictions, but the fact of the matter is, that's right i'm not sitting in a cage (laughs) thank you i'm here for you brother i'm here for you i I have you know anything that i could do for you or the kids you contact me and i'll drop everything up i'll drop everything i'm doing because at this point like i said with my with not knowing what the future holds health wise Mm -hmm. i'm thinking about um I'm just thinking about the legacy I want to leave. I don't want to leave mm-hmm. the legacy of being a boxer from 18th Street. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave the legacy of being a killer. I want to leave a legacy of, hey, that's the guy that made a difference. And if, well, if, so I, could do, if I could do that, mm-hmm. life is good. 
So you've manifested that already just by virtue of what we're doing this morning. And um, that's, that's the beauty. That's the blessing. And um, so we both need to be grateful to Sean for yes. facilitating this. Very so. And, yeah. And um, we'll continue doing what we're doing. So, you know, as I bring my podcast up, which I'm doing, and I'm finishing up a book right now, um, I'm going to have you on my podcast. And uh, so that you can talk to the kids. Whenever you meet me, I'm at your beck and call. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. I do. So, Sean, have you asked uh, all the questions that you would like to ask? In this? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just been fantastic to see you guys have your first conversation in 27 mm. years. Yeah. I mean, listening to Joey tell me his story in the last couple of days, you know, he touched on it, the magnitude of the intensity Mm-hmm. And the life and death, but I've heard in detail these stories in the last couple of days, so I'm getting a, a greater insight of what mm-hmm. both you guys went through. Mm-hmm. And now I know I know how bonded you must be to have to have gone through that. And both you guys mm-hmm. are the only ones who really understand the right. full extent of it. And then mm-hmm. to speak after 27 years like this, mm-hmm. I'm just so honored to you know to see the emotion pouring out of Jory, Joey and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he needed to release that man. I think I think I think this is this is this is really helping him. Mm. And and that and that's what it's about, helping people. Yes, I want I just right. want I just want to thank both of you guys for being so generous with your time. I think this is the fourth uh podcast we've done, Michael, and we we've got four mm-hmm. or five coming out with Joey. Mm-hmm. And um I can't, I can't wait to give you a big hug. Like I gave Joey a big hug at the airport. I can't, oh, I can't wait to give you a big hug. Mike, Looking forward to it. I am. Yeah. And, I'll uh, be there. I'll be there, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be there, brother. So, well, you know, Sean, I just want to just tell you what people need to understand is when you're in prison and you're a lifer, when you're a lifer, think of that, a lifer. And you have family that just visits you maybe once a month or on a visit for two, three hours. Mm-hmm. But I'm with Michael. 24 hours a day, every day, eating dinner, working out. When you spend time with a man that's a lifer, mm-hmm. a lifer, think of that word lifer for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. I became closer with some men than I did with my own family because you spend right. your whole life with that person. Right. And that's why there's that bond that I have with Michael. Not because, mm-hmm. not because I was a killer not because mm-hmm. I was a gang leader, but because mm-hmm. I was a man, a man mm-hmm. who had feelings, a man mm-hmm. who took another man's advice. Hey, you're mm-hmm. not a fuck up. Come on, mm-hmm. Joey. You're not stupid. I'll never forget those times, Michael. Mm-hmm. So I thank you. Well, um, I have a, I have a dinner date. Um, and uh, I, I just want to tell you, you know how to get a hold of me, anything I could do for you and your family. I'm here for you, my brother. And I hope Thanks, you, dude. I hope to see you very soon. Thank you, Joy. I love you. You take care of yourself. Sean, I have one last thing I'd like to say, uh, and that's to your viewers. Um, If they have any questions, please ask. Um, If there's anything that they think we can illuminate by way of the discussions that we've already had, um, please um, specify what that is, and we'll do our best uh, to address it at some point in time in the future. But more importantly, um, thank you for watching. You see, that's that's the real issue here. Thank you for giving us your time to view our conversation and to gain and garner some insight into us as human beings. Yes. Yeah, much, 
Much love and respect, guys. And to the viewers again, I'll, I'll just repeat what you said there. Just thank you for all the love and support that just comes in all day long for all of our guests and how you've seen today how that is part of the life journey and it's transformational for mm. them to have that positive love and reinforcement. So mm -hmm. thanks for keeping that coming in. If you do want to reach out to Mike, I'll put the link down for his website and I will also try and sort something out for Joey if people want to reach out to Joey and then look out for the series of podcasts, 40 Years in Prison, that are going to be coming out about Joey soon. So again, much love and respect, guys. It, 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 you know, it's been great uh, to see the chemistry and, and the love between you. And uh, yep, take care. Can't wait to speak again. Cheers.